welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Turn the Page podcast. I am your host, Jessica, and I am here with the editor of the book, at midnight, um, please introduce yourself and tell us about this book and the 15 fairy tales reimagined in it. Thank you for having me. I am Dahlia Adler. Um, I am the editor of At Midnight, which is a wonderful, if I may say so myself, um, and I think I can because I only wrote one fifteenth of it. Um, it's a wonderful collection of YA fairy tale reimaginings by some of just the greatest and most creative authors in YA right now. Um, It contains reimaginings of fairy tales that are really well known, like Cinderella and Snow White, um, and also ones that are lesser known, like ones even I didn't know going into editing it, like Frau Trude. Um, It has The Little Matchstick Girl, which was my favorite growing up. It has Rumpelstiltskin, redone by me. Um, It has just really creative, inclusive, both modern and historical fantasy and contemporary versions of things. It's just, I think it's wonderful personally. Um, And a very cool thing is uh, if you're familiar with my earlier anthologies, I have also edited two other anthologies of YA reimaginings. The first one is called His Hideous Heart. And that is 13 reimaginings of Edgar Allan Poe's work. Uh, And then after that, I did That Way Madness Lies, which is 15 reimaginings of Shakespeare's work. But with his hideous heart, I was able to put the original post stories in the back. Um, Shakespeare's works were a little too long to do it with That Way Madness Lies, but I'm very pleased to share that we do have the original fairy tales in the back of At Midnight, which I think is a really nice thing to include, especially if you are using it in the classroom, you don't have to have a separate book um, for the original volume. So I really love when we are able to do that. Um, And I'm excited that the book has it. So yeah, 15 fairy tale reimaginings, fantastic authors, all sorts of genres, all sorts of vibes. Um, some definitely darker, some definitely lighter, more romantic, overall a delight. Um, and then as far as I go, I'm also an author. I have, uh, my most recent books are Cool for the Summer and Home Field Advantage. I have one coming out in June, 2023 called Going by Coastal. Um, generally queer romance is my jam, queer contemporary YA romance. Um, where girls get the girl. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That is so cool. So yeah, this is a really interesting anthology. Um, I am a huge fan of fairy tales, huge, huge, huge fan of fairy tales. And I love how you sort of mix it up, um, you know, because when I first heard about the book, I was like, okay, what's going to be included in this? Um, and you you mentioned the little matchstick girl, which like haunted my dreams for years, by the way. But I really like the reimagining of it too. I mean, it is really great. It's um, just, what is it? Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales. Uh, they're very different than the Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So where did you... Um, First of all, how did the whole idea of this book come together? Did you curate who was going to do what story? Did you sort of get all the authors together and you're just like, okay, let's discuss who, you know, who's interested in what? 
So credit where it's due, the idea for the anthology was actually Anna Marie McLemore's, who writes the first story in the anthology and is basically like YA's premier anthology contributor. They are so fantastic. All their stories are great. I have edited them before. And we were having a conversation. I think we were texting one day. I don't remember about what, but it came up and I said, oh, that's such a great idea. Are you going to... Um, are you going to sub that? That's, you know, you write a proposal, you send it to editors. And they were like, no, I have no interest in editing an anthology. You do it. It goes really well with your other books. Um, and just make me a contributor. So that's what I did. So that's where it came from. And then um, I think for the most part, this one, uh, the stories and the authors came together by just me telling everyone, send me your top three fairy tales you're most interested in retelling. Anybody who, you know, suggested one nobody else was doing, I said, great. Um, as people started picking and I saw some of the bigger ones weren't necessarily being chosen, I was like, well, we, we can't do a fairy tale anthology that doesn't have, you know, let's say Cinderella, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, et cetera. So when people were like, what do you want me to do? You know, there was a point where I had to say, can you please take one of these? Because I really just don't want to do one that doesn't have it. And there are still major fairy tales that are missing from it because there's so many fairy tales in the canon that are really well known and a big deal. But there's you know only so many you can include. And I really like the idea of having some that weren't quite as familiar. Um, and then also with fairy tales, what's interesting is sometimes... There are certain lesser known stories that are actually kind of just different takes on better known stories. Um, so for example, we don't have um, Bluebeard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the two that are closely related like that, but I'll just say sometimes, yeah. you know, in some cases, we don't have the best known version of the story. We have a slightly lesser known version of the story. Um, and I think that that's really cool um, because you really get to see the way that these tales have taken off and spread around the world and sort of splintered into different versions of themselves, um, which I think is just a really cool thing in fairy tale scholarship. Like part of me wishes I could have dug into that even more, written like a really lengthy, more scholarly introduction and talked about that, but it's, you know, it's not really the venue, but I definitely encourage people interested in fairy tale scholarship to seek it out and see where all the original stories from the collection fit into that. So yeah, you have some really interesting retellings. Um, you mentioned The Little Magic Girl um, by Stacey Lee. Uh, Hafsa Faisal has a really cool Little Red Riding Hood um, yeah. with um, a character with a hijabi um, character, which is just like, that was really cool. That was, yeah, uh, yeah really interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned um, that you wanted the bigger stories in it but I also like that you know they're like like I mentioned before it's not it's not all the Grimm's fairy tales um so you do you study fairy tales because I know I could tell that you really want to give like a dissertation in this and and uh I'm, I'm curious because I know what I've learned about it what constitutes a fairy tale like was there anybody who was like I want to do this and you're like technically that's not a fairy tale um, there were actually, there was a little bit of contributor turnover and originally somebody who was originally in it and then um, later had to pull out, had proposed something that wasn't actually in, it was more of a folktale, which I actually think might've been okay, but it wasn't in the public domain. It was much newer than all these other stories. So definitely we were only working with things that were in the public domain. Um, and I asked everybody, you know, could you tell me which version of the story you're working off of? Because some of them have you know, all sorts of different fairy tale legends. 
Um, and I wanted to make sure that I had the proper original corresponding to it in the back. Um, and you could see almost everybody did Hans Christian Andersen or the Brothers Grimm for their fairy tales. There's, there's a couple of exceptions in there, Charles Perrault. But um, yeah, it's tough to say what makes a fairy tale. And I love that we also have an original fairy tale from Melissa Albert, because I think it shows that this is not something that is, you know, stuck centuries ago. And she's a great example of an author who really keeps that going. I mean, she did oh, tales yeah. from the hinterland. She, she like, really is, yeah. Yeah, creating modern fairy tales is absolutely this remarkable skill of hers. Um, and so I really love that we have that very modern one. And it's a very modern one. Um, that's right there in the middle of the volume. So it's sort of tough to say. There's, they definitely um, have some common themes and morals from the older tales. Um, they have their magic, but you know, then some of them are retold without any at all. So uh, I feel like I should have a great answer to what makes a fairy tale. Right. And I, I, I don't. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, I'm curious. So you know, without, because, you know, getting too much into the other stories, um, I want to talk about your story since uh, you are an author of one of the stories and I have you here. So you did the retelling of Rumpelstiltskin and I don't want to give anything away, but I laughed <laughs> out loud at the end of that story. Thank you. It was, it was so clever. And all I'm going to say, and I don't think this is going to spoil anything for anybody was when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh my God, has it actually been that long? <laughs> <laughs> It hasn't. Um, and there's a there's a detail in the story that's actually uh, because I had to look up to see if it had been that, that long. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there doing yeah. the math and I'm like, this is a this is not possible. <laughs> it has been almost that long. It worked because it had been almost that long. It would have worked right. better, I think, if it had been that long. But actually, the technicality that I had to put in as a result of it not having been that long made it work even better. So this was the exact right time. I know this is all very obscure for anybody who has it. Oh read no, it, you, this, is, but... this is, I'm hoping people read the book so they know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing so hard. So why did you choose Rumpelstiltskin? Um, so actually, I, my story had a funny evolution in that years ago, I had been invited to um, join a an anthology um, as a contributor that would be all stories about unlikable female characters. And I had at the time for that anthology conceived a story about a catfish who, who over the course of catfishing fell for the girl that she was catfishing. Um, and so, you know, when everybody else was sort of over it, she was gonna keep going. Um, that's not the plot of, um, of Say My Name, which is my reimagining, but that's where it sprang from. So once I had the, my main character is going to be a catfish idea, and you know, that involves messing with names and hiding your identity. Rumpelstiltskin was just, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring this, I, I have to do some take on this story at some point. This might be my last chance. Um, my only other anthology contribution is one I have coming up in my own co-edited anthology about girls in sports that were not going to be my catfish story. So I was like, this is it. And it just, I was, Rumpelstiltskin just screamed at me like, this is the one where you can do it. And at first I thought this story was like way too bonkers to use. I sent it to one of my friends to read. And I was like, is this like, can I do this? And she was like, yeah, this is great. Um, so I ended up doing it. Um, 
and Rumpelstiltskin ended up being like the hilariously perfect venue for the story. So I'm, I'm really grateful to myself for giving myself the chance and also to nobody else for making Rumpelstiltskin their first choice. I might have even said I'm taking it, you can't have it, but. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, would you ever do a sequel to this with other fairy tales? I would happily do a second volume of either this or Shakespeare. Like I love doing these things. I love hearing that they get in classrooms. I don't know if readers would pick up a second volume, which makes it very hard when you, um, when you think about all the stories that you didn't get to include and all the authors who would have done a great job, but you just have to cut it off somewhere. And I really, I mean, I know you could do a whole other volume that was full of fairy tales. The other thing is if you did a sequel to one of these things, all the stories you made sure to get in the first version would not be in the second version. And then you're putting out a fairy tale collection that, okay, maybe has Jack and the Beanstalk and Beauty and the Beast, but doesn't have Cinderella, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood. Like, can you do that? Um, which maybe, I mean, Sarah, Flatiron, if you're listening, I would love yeah, to Yeah, no, do for sure. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, fairy tales, especially um, some of the more obscure ones. And uh, I had like a really interesting introduction to it when I was a kid. Um, I remember watching something on Nickelodeon of all things. And mm -hmm. they had like in the middle of the day, there was like these anime versions of Grimm's fairy tales, hmm. but they were more grim. Like, they, I mean, they weren't like as bloody, but, uh, you know, they had like one of the original versions of Snow White where the witch visits her three times and like at one point, like strangles her with her corset, which. Oh, my I, God. Oh, my God. That's so dark. Give me more. On Nickelodeon in the middle of the day. That's pretty much it. Like, I, I think about it now and I'm just like, oh, man, that was pretty dark. I mean, they had some <laughs> weird things on in the middle of the day. They had weird things on in the evening, too, but it was different. You know, but it was all like a very cutesy, like late 70s, early 80s anime style. Um, uh -huh. They had um, a ver 12 Dancing Princesses. That's the first time I heard about that one. Uh -huh. like, that's a great one. Um, but yeah, there's so many like offshoots of like Cinderella that are similar, but not really. Also, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's so it's so hard to decide, you know. Um, so, I mean, I'm a fairy tale nerd, so I know. I would read it, but I see your point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly open, um, but who knows? Anthologies are so tough to begin with. You know, it's sort of one of those things where so many authors want to contribute to them, but then when it comes to actually supporting them, people are like, ah, yeah, think of me next time you're writing one. So, um, you know, they're, they're a little bit of the ugly stepchild of, <laughs> of YA. Um, but I, I love that my publisher keeps doing them. I'm very grateful for it. And these in particular, that they are really popular in classes and libraries is really nice. I love hearing that people are like doing a Poe unit with his hideous heart. And I hope the same kind of thing happens with anybody doing a fairy tale unit that they use at midnight. I was gonna say, I also really loved Alex uh, London Cinderella. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really <laughs> that fun. Was fun. He's great. Yeah. 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 Um, so you mentioned you're working on something else coming up. Um, is there anything else in the future that you have on the horizon, a project you'd like to work on? That I would like to work on? There is one more reimagining anthology I want to do that I obviously can't say anything about because it, you know, has not been. Well, actually, I have several other anthologies, ideas I want to do, but there's one more that's um, another reimaginings collection um, that I had 
pitched to my editor and I was like giving her a little bit of space because she had just come back from maternity leave. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be like on top of her right away with another idea. And then when I finally decided it was okay to mention it, she's like, I love it. I bought an anthology of the same genre last week. <laughs> I was like, should not have waited. But um, <laughs> the good news is that I will wait forever. So I'm going to try to make this happen in 2025. So I'm still attached to this idea. I really hope it happens. I really think it's great. Um, I have some great contributors in mind. So I, I really hope that that happens. Um, the next one that I do have happening is with a different publisher. It's my only anthology with a different publisher and my only anthology for which I have a co-editor, Jennifer Icapelli, who is brilliant. Um, and that is called Out of Our League and comes out in 2024 and is all stories about girls in sports. Um, yeah, you was, mentioned that really cool. Yeah. yeah, that was fun to do. My story is just like homage to Jewish summer camp. Like, it's not even that like, it's a sports story. And it's all about sports staff, which I was on. Um, but that's really just, you know, my own self indulgence. Have you come on and talk to me about something else at some point? I would um, love to. Yeah. I mean, like I, my next novel is coming out in June. And I'm very excited to talk about that. And I haven't gotten to so much yet. So Awesome. Well, um, thank you again. Um, At Midnight is so much fun. If you are a fairy tale fan, if you like um, retellings, or if you just like a little fantasy with a twist, I highly recommend it. And you mentioned something about people using it to teach. Yes. Um, yeah, that's yeah. been that's been really cool. If you happen to use his hideous heart to teach, there's actually a reader's guide up on my website and on the Macmillan website, but daliaadler.com. Um, if you navigate to the His Hideous Heart page, there's a downloadable PDF right there. Um, but yeah, I think that they all make great teaching texts, whether you're teaching about how to read short stories, how to write short stories, comparing and contrasting with original literature. Um, there's, yeah, there's like a million different ways to use anthologies in the classroom, not just mine, but also mine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, once again, this was Jessica with Sayas Libraries Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was Dahlia Adler. And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.